0: Welcome to the Waves Podcast. Our services are held on the first Friday of every month at New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas. We hope today's message grows you, challenges you, and inspires you to be all that God has called you to be. Enjoy. Tonight I wanna talk to you just really briefly, really, really briefly about, and this is a word that Pastor Hug gave years ago when we were in Portland, and he prophesied this years ago, and this is the title of my message tonight, so I kind of took it from him, so I hope he doesn't mind, because it is prophetic, and the title is Going From an Audience to an Army, I personally believe that the way we do church, some of the ways we do church is about to change, because I... And, and I don't have this all figured out. The Holy Spirit will lead us. But, because I believe that in our Western world, what I mean the more developed world, like here, you know, parts of Europe, places like that, what is considered the Western world, a lot of times the way we do church is not all the way, the way it was done in the book of Acts. They met house to house. They were sacrificial in their giving. I mean, they didn't have Facebook, they didn't have Instagram, and there's nothing wrong with any of those things, don't get me wrong. They didn't have email, they didn't have cell phones, but yet they turned the world upside down. Now we have these tools and they are tools that we need to use, absolutely. We need to use them in our generation But you know what's going to impact this generation more than anything? People that are completely and totally surrendered to Jesus Christ. Totally surrendered. So God is wanting to take his people from being spectators to participators, from bench warmers to players. He is raising up a mighty army that will revolutionize the world. Yes, we come and we, we talk and we socialize and we do life together and we share. That's what, because we're a family, that's what this is all about. But this is also, don't forget, this is a training ground. Okay, this is a training ground. This is training for reigning right here. That what you learn and how you develop and, and how you respond and walk is a training ground for you and I so that we can revolutionize this world. Let's turn with me to uh, the book of Matthew chapter 16. And I'm just going to just talk about a few points and then we'll, uh, we'll go on from there. Matthew 16 verse 24. And This is a very, very familiar scripture on discipleship because that's what we're talking about tonight. You know, I, I like what Pastor Brandon said, if it wasn't for having people around him. He wouldn't have made it. And I, I was the same way. When I got saved, I was 17. Man, I was wild. And, you know, I got saved. I was not, you know, I was not, uh, I was not polished. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was just straight out of the world. Straight out of darkness and alcohol and drugs. Just straight out at the age of 17. And when I got saved in the church that I got saved in 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 Florissant, Missouri, there were people there, not the, the pastor himself, number one, because the church was only maybe like 25 people. But this man who came from Winslow, Arizona, a blonde, white man, he would come to where we lived. Where I lived, it was... It was bad. I grew up in a place called East St. Louis, Illinois. It was considered one of the most violent places at the time in America. If a white person would stop, and this had actually, actually happened, if a white person would stop at a stoplight too long, they would get assaulted. That's where I lived at. There were gangs, now, the town wouldn't always like that, but it increasingly over time grew worse. And this is where I lived. This man would come by himself in the middle of our city sharing the gospel, telling people about Jesus, coming to see us, and I didn't realize it was discipleship, but he was there just to be there for us and to walk with us and show, it what it, show us what it means to live for Jesus. This man was threatened, his life was threatened. I mean, it was by the grace of God that he's alive. Because his love for God and his love for people. And what I and I and I saw that in him, and it just did something in me that this man would, would inconvenience his life just to disciple me and help me to become a follower of Jesus. If it wasn't for if it wasn't for him as Pastor Brandon was saying, if it wasn't for that I wouldn't have I probably wouldn't be serving God today because if I'd have got saved in some churches I I I don't know if I would have lasted. But but because they were so it was such a tight knit group. And man, if you didn't show up somebody would call you. And it wasn't like this, you know, crazy thing, they say, hey, man, we missed you, you know, you doing all right? And not only call, but come and visit and spend time. Because the foundation of discipleship is really relationship. The number one characteristic of being a disciple is number one having a relationship with Jesus because it's always based out of relationship. And you've heard me say that before, and I'll always say it. You can't get, it's not about ritual. It's not about any of those things. It's all about relationship. If it's not relationship, it's religion. And religion brings death, but relationship brings life. Let's look here at Matthew 16, at verse 24. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, desire, everybody say desire. If anyone desires or has to be the desire, I can't make you become a disciple, and I wouldn't even try. It has to be something that you desire within your heart that you want to go all the way with God, that you want more, that you don't want to live just a status quo religious life, coming to church, doing nothing and remaining unchanged the rest of your life and not accomplishing anything. But there is a dissatisfaction deep within your heart that's crying out, God, I want more than what I'm experiencing right now. Jesus said to his disciples, anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Let's read on. For what profit is it to a man or a woman if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for a soul? I use that a lot when I witness to people. Because people need to recognize that eternity is forever. Verse 27. For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Surely I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now, Maybe you've had the same question I have. What does it mean to deny myself and take up my cross? What does that mean? I've had people ask me that. What does it mean to take up my cross? Have you ever asked that question? Taking up your cross is not exactly what we think it is. Let me, let me break it down to you like this real quickly. His cross, the cross that Jesus bore, was to die for you, to give his life for you, to lay down his life for you. What's your cross? His cross was to die for you. Your cross is to live for him. See, it's a call to absolute surrender to Jesus. It's a call to live for him. He died. It's our call to live for him. Now, being a disciple is also this, because this is happening in the world right now, that if I have to, I would give my life for him. Not very amen, merry amens on that one. You know, there are people dying for their faith right now in the world today. There are people going through tribulation, and they're dying for their faith right now because they are believers in Jesus. Now, God forbid that that would come to you and I, but I guarantee you there's coming in a day in America that that will happen. And I don't say that to scare you, but it will happen. Just read your Bible. But beyond that, our cross is to live for him. It's total, absolute surrender. Taking up your cross means dying to yourself. Dying to what? Dying to selfish ambitions. Dying to selfish wants and desires. And replacing those desires with what he wants we hear the word time and time again your my life is not my own i have been bought with a price your life does not belong to you you are a steward of this life it has been it has been bought and paid for by the sacrifice that jesus made on the cross for you and i and his blood has purchased you Brought you out of darkness and brought you into the kingdom of God. It has not belonged to you, it belongs to Him. And now our will is to do whatever He wants us to do, go everywhere He wants us to go and say whatever He wants us to say. That's not always easy, is it? Because we have to die to self. That's a part of total surrender. Let me give you just real quickly some characteristics of a disciple. Number one, must be born again. Number two, daily crucifying the flesh, which means to lay aside self-seeking, selfish ambition. It means that our utmost desire and ambition is not just to satisfy or please ourselves, which we have a lot of that, but to please him, and do whatever he wants us to do, daily crucifying ourselves. Because, see, we live, we, and as I said earlier, I believe that God is going to bring some change in the way church is being done. Because we live in a society where people come to church to be entertained. You know, you go to the Rangers game, you know, you go see the stars, you know, you go, you know, and, and that, that, that's great, you know. But sometimes they come to church with the same mentality to be entertained. Okay, preacher, I'm going to sit back and watch you do all the work. You pray for me, you know, you preach to me cotton candy messages, and I'll just sit there and just go fat and healthy And just do nothing. Don't tell me to get involved. Don't tell me to sacrifice my life. Don't tell me to lay down my life. Don't tell me to do something for somebody else. Don't tell me to do a mitzvah. Don't tell me to be involved in a life group. Don't tell me I just want to sit back and just grow and be fed. And we have thousands of believers in America who are sitting and getting fed and fat and they're doing nothing with the knowledge that God has given them. Is that too hard? It's the truth. So God's, about, God's changing the way Church is being done because every one of us were meant to participate. It's not just the pastor's job to participate or the staff to participate. This is Everyone involved from three year olds to 13 year olds to 30 year olds to 80 year olds. Everyone is meant to be involved in this army and to play a part to lift up the name of Jesus and share this good news and be and live a life that represents that God is who He is. I like what John Wimmer used to say. John Wimmer used to be the, the founder of the Venue Church. He used to say, everyone gets to play. Everyone gets to play. Everyone gets to heal the sick. Everyone gets to raise the dead. Everyone gets to preach the gospel. Everyone gets to be a blessing. Everyone gets to be a disciple. Everyone gets to do what Jesus did. We all are a part of it. You have been selected. You have been signed up. You have been selected by God himself. So it's time to get off the bench, get off the pew, get in the game, because there's a jersey with your name on it right now. That's what it means to be a disciple. Number three, it means to pursue Jesus in his way of life. As a follower of Jesus, we seek to learn, understand, and apply the principles of God's word to our daily lives. Number four, placing Jesus above those dearest to him or her. And you've heard me talk about that before. Unless Jesus is Lord of your life, he's not Lord at all. Anything that is more important than him is an idol. It could be a job, it could be a relationship, it could be a spouse, it could be a possession, it could be anything, it could even be you. But Jesus should be the only one on the throne of your heart. Not money, not possessions, not likes on your post, Jesus, number one. He or her must place their devotion above material things. What does it say? We read here, what does it profit if a person gains the whole world but lose their soul? You can have it all, but if you have lost your soul, you've lost everything. Because guess what? You don't die. That what you gain will not go with you into the next life. I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul truck. Anybody? You know, I've been to Egypt and I've been to the king of the pharaohs and I've seen some of the tombs. And you know, they would bury these pharaohs with... All of this stuff, riches and gold, man—they had all kind of stuff around them, so they could take it to the next life. Guess what? They didn't take nothing. Naked, you came into this world. Naked, you're gonna leave. <laughs> You know, I think about this life of discipleship that has taken me all over the world. It has taken me, it has, it has caused me to make sacrifices. It's even times caused me to go without. Not that God was trying to keep me in that place or that God didn't want to bless me, but it's a word called sacrifice for what's greater. I remember pastoring my first church. I was 22 years old. And our, my first son, Daniel, was only maybe like two months old. And we took over a church, man, that had all these problems, man. And I'm like, you people are crazy. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm 22, man. I'm greened. I'm just so green. But we packed up and we moved. And we went over there and we did our best. And I remember when we felt the call to go to Southern California, to go out there and basically work as youth pastors and work in the outreach and all of that, and we did that. And so here my wife is pregnant with Joshua, my second son. Daniel, my oldest son, is in the car seat. I'm driving the U-Haul. C- Corey's driving the car with Daniel in it. Because, and then I'm pulling my, my four-wheel drive truck on the back of my U-Haul. And we're going out to California. Let's pack up and move. And I remember when we were there and God spoke to me to come to Portland. And I remember we flew up and we, we got to talk to Pastor... And Tiz, man, this is like long time. This is like early 90s. And God spoke to me actually when I was in Australia and I was over there preaching for a month and God spoke to me to be a part of New Beginnings in Portland. And I remember Pastor just welcomed us with open arms. And here we packed up everything, and moved up to Portland. Some, somebody said to me, you're just going to get lost in the crowd. Because the church was very large there. The church is 5,000 people. You're going to get lost in the crowd. But I know what God said to me. Because a, disi- a disciple hears. A disciple listens. And a disciple obeys. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. And I, I remember this one person said, you're going to get lost in the crowd. I was there in a, in a year's time. Pastor invited me to come on staff. I wasn't. I didn't ask him for a job. I wasn't jockeying for any position. But see, when you listen to the master, he's going to take care of you. And then here we are, years later, pastors moving to Dallas. I didn't want to come to Texas. I'm serious. I'm just serious. I love the Northwest. I love my mountains, I love my trees, I love the ocean. I, I used to take my boys out we'd go hiking, we'd take the dogs man, we would, you know, I just I love the outdoors I did not want to come to Texas I've been to Texas, I preached in Texas and it was hot it's hot right now <laughs> golly, what my handkerchief at? and Corey wanted to come but I didn't want to come, my wife wanted to come I'm like, nah, I am feeling this I'm staying up here but God dealt with my heart because a disciple hears and he obeys even though they don't understand totally what God is doing they do it out of obedience to him because they know that the father knows what's best so here we are packing up, (laughs) moving to Dallas and here we are and who knows wherever else God will do and where God will take us but you know what Whatever he wants, we have to make ourselves available. Remember, I said in the beginning, it's total surrender. We used to have there's a, there's this old song we used to sing. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. One of the one of the lines of the song was this, and may, you may even know it. If none go with me, still I will follow. When I gave my life to Jesus, my friends stopped hanging around me. Well, I thought they were friends. And I remember them saying to me, oh, you know what? You'll be back. You'll be back. But no, I got bit. I, was, I didn't go back. I got touched by God. And what I had was real. But the song says, though none go with me, I will still follow. Because there's a cost to discipleship, Folks. It will require something of you. It will require your sacrifice, your time, your money, your very life. But guess what? When you live a life that's totally committed to him, God will be totally committed to you. All right, it's getting late. I want to read something to you real quick, and we gotta, we got to wrap this up. There's something that I read recently that I thought was just incredible. It says, I don't know who the author was, but it was really, really moving. It says, if indeed we lived a life in imitation of his, our witness would be irresistible. If we dare to live beyond our self-concern, if we refuse to shrink from being vulnerable, If we took nothing but a compassionate attitude toward the world, if we were a counterculture to our nation's lunatic lust for pride of place, power, and possessions, if we preferred to be faithful rather than successful, the walls of indifference to Jesus Christ would crumble. A handful of us could be ignored by society, but hundreds, thousands, millions of such servants would overwhelm the world. Christians filled with the authenticity, commitment, and generosity of Jesus would be the most spectacular sign in the history of the human race. The call of Jesus is revolutionary. If we implemented it, we could change the world in a few months. It's a revolutionary call. Maybe you've made this decision, maybe you have not. This is for those who have not totally made that decision. Let's all stand this evening. But if you have not fully made a decision to be a disciple, and God's dealing with you tonight, and I want to give you an opportunity to respond because every fresh revelation demands a a fresh dedication. If God is dealing with you to to take the leap, to go all the way with him, Not for me or anyone else. This is not about impressing anyone. This is only about impressing him. I wouldn't have it any other way. I could not just be a nominal Christian. I'm not just saying that. I couldn't just be one who sits in the pew every week and do nothing. I'm just not built that way. You and I were never meant to be just religious church goers. We were meant to be revolutionaries just like our Savior. And this is a call to total surrender. That's you. God's dealing with you to make a full commitment. You're not going to do it in your own mobility. It's going to take the grace of God. We can't live the life that he wants us to live outside of his grace. I ask for God's grace every day. I ask for double grace, triple grace. Serious, there's a lot of grace to go around. You might as well ask for it. God, give me the grace to be the husband, the father, the man, the minister, the wife, whatever, the daughter. God, give me the grace to to be the disciple that you want me to be. And he will give you the grace to stand. He will give you the grace to go. He will give you the grace to live that life that is beyond the norm. Thank you for listening to today's message. Please do us a favor and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Also, we'd love if you'd follow us on social media at NB Waves. Thanks again for listening to the Waves podcast. Have a great day.